Well, you guys, one of my favorite things to ask people, I love sharing questions and I love to find out what's on your bucket list. Like, what are those goals and dreams that you have? And I have a list that I keep, and I'll tell you a couple of them. One is I want to climb a 14er um, and make it to the top. Uh, and I want to do that with a friend or a family member. I want to I rescue and help uh, Kinsey Sheltie rescue, but I want to rescue a Sheltie puppy, which I have not had a puppy in 30 years. But that's on my list. And I want to one day, I'm not a grandma yet, but I want to be a grandma, and I want to be an amazing one like my mom. My man might not be grandma. I'm actually, like in these days, you get to sort of pick your grandma name. So uh, my grandma name might be Mimi. We're just trying it on, see how that goes. So when I got a call from Gail and Tom, my dear friends, asking me to do something on my bucket list, I was a yes. I didn't even think about it, yes. And they picked me up at like, oh, dark 30. It was in the middle, of, it was like four o'clock on the 4.30 in the morning because we were gonna get up, drive to Kansas City, and I was gonna get in a hot air balloon at sunrise. And you guys, that's the balloon I was in. Do you see that little, and you were in that little basket thing. So I'm not anxious, I'm excited. We're laughing, talking, and we have to wait where they fill this thing up. I mean, it's an empty balloon and they do all these things and we're standing way back and they've given us our instructions. And so we hop in the basket, and um, then we begin to go up. And when I get in the basket, something happens. First of all, that basket is very small. Very, very small. It feels like it's like a card table size, like four by four. There are seven of us in there. So I can feel my anxiety begin to raise as we come off the ground. And they let go of the ropes and we're going and I'm thinking, what have I done? I am really scared. I really have anxiety. And, and they said, hey, on takeoff and landing, hold on to these ropes. And they have these handhold and I like death grip. I'm holding on. And because I'm tall and this basket is short, I decide that it's a good plan to squat for 40 minutes because I am very afraid. And so here's what's happening. But as we go up, I start to look around in my squatted position. And I see Kansas City is amazingly beautiful. The sun is coming up. Kids can see us. They're waving at us. I mean, it is delightful. It is amazing. And it is really scary the whole time. Like, I never let go of those ropes. I never took a picture because that would be, involve me taking my hands off the ropes and holding my, my phone. That did not happen. Other people took pictures. And so I think our lives, you guys, are like my hot air balloon ride. It is inclu includes the hard and difficult, anxious stuff. At the same time, good and beautiful things. And in the midst of it, I was praying, oh Lord, please don't let me die. First of all, my kids would be very sad. And I didn't tell them I was doing this because I wanted to send a picture of me in the hot air balloon like, look what I did today. And um, then they were gonna be furious with me if I died. And they, uh, I know them well, that I didn't give them a heads up. They, it would have been very difficult. So what we're gonna talk about today is the fact that 
that life isn't just these high points. I, when I was younger, I, think, I used to think it's, we have mountaintop experiences and low valleys. And you're hopefully more mountaintops than the valleys. But in life, I really think they're both at the same time. Rick Warren, who's a pastor and writer, on the same day, he found out that his book, The Purpose Driven Life, was the best-selling book in the world. That's a pretty good day. It's a pretty beautiful thing. And he found out that his wife had cancer. Hard, difficult, anxious, good, and beautiful. And I don't want to miss the good, you guys. I don't want to miss the view. I don't want to miss what God's saying and doing in my midst. If I'm too, like, help me see, Lord, because he's always speaking. No matter where you are in your faith journey, the Holy Spirit is always nudging or speaking. I've never heard the audible voice of God, but like a thought pops into your head. So how do we do this? How do we embrace the good and the beautiful in the midst of the hard and anxious. We've been in the Psalm series and we've been looking, today we're going to look at a Psalm that was written by David. And he had many wonderful, beautiful things in his life. He was a wonderful musician. He was a poet. I bet he loved creating things. He was a boy filled with faith that killed that giant Goliath and God did a big work in him. He was called the greatest king of Israel. And God described him this way, he was a man after God's own heart. But he also had really hard and difficult things that he dealt with. He got fired from a job in a very difficult way. He was doing music for the king, and the king was mad and threw a spear at him, and he lost that job. He made some really unwise choices, and it meant the death of his son, he was anointed king, but then he had to wait 15 years till he actually was king, and he was a fugitive running from King Saul. He lost his best friend, his sole friend, Jonathan. He was a murderer, a liar, and he had pain and dysfunction and abuse in his family. We saw, see in David's life both the hard and the difficult and the good and the beautiful. And if you didn't get to hear last week's message from Brooke Lattice, you should. She talks about the hard. She talks about the lament. And one of the things she said was, you have to name the hard. Name what it is. It's so important. And I don't know what your heart is right now. There's so much uncertainty like Seth talked about. Maybe it's for you, it's your physical health for you and your friends and your family and COVID. It's such a scary time. Maybe it's financial that you've lost a job or been furloughed or, or your salary has been cut back. Maybe it's relational and you're lonely or depressed. Maybe you're an extrovert like my, my daughter Amy and she's just like, Mom, she's in California. I totally want to see, I need to see more people and not on Zoom. I want to see them in person. Maybe it's education. God, I, guys, you guys with kids at home trying to figure out all the changing, how are you going to teach them what it looks like? Moms and dads, we are praying for you because this is hard. And then I think about the teachers who plans keep changing. Like if you know a teacher, send them a, a gift card to say thank you for all the shifts they are making. Maybe for you it's spiritual. God seems really distant in this hard and anxious time in our country, in our world. Maybe God seems really distant. 
Psychologist Kathleen Smith says there are four different ways we often patterns that we do when things are hard and anxious. And I think we do these with people and we do these with God. And they all begin with the F, and so there'll be a quiz at the end. No, I'm just kidding. Um, if you can remember them. The first one is fix. We try to fix things. That's what I was trying to do in that little basket, holding on and squatting down. Really wasn't going to help if, we, if the thing went down, but I was trying. I was trying to fix it. And I'm an over-functioner. I'm a firstborn. I'm an over-functioner in recovery. And this season, I often find myself trying to fix things that aren't mine to fix. I'm focusing on other people and what they should be doing, and I'll hear the still small nudges of God saying, Michelle, that's not your monkey. That's one of our, we say this around our leadership team, like, that's not, it's not my monkey, but, but he's telling me, hey, focus on yourself. That's the only person that you can control. He's asking me, don't keep the focus on other people. Keep the focus on me. I want to do this together. I want to do this with you. The next one is flee. We can distance from God. Maybe we just start, stop talking to him or spending time with him. Now, I work at a church, so I don't completely flee from God, but I have to tell you that I've been nudged recently that I've been skimming the surface with God. I haven't been specific about the good and the beautiful or specific about the hard stuff. Like, I felt like God has been nudging me, saying, like, I want to know all of it. I want to hear you. You're skimming the surface. Let's go deeper. Maybe for some of us, we fight. And we get mad and we lash out at God. And you know what? He can handle it. Here's what Psalm 22 says. Note the emotion that's behind it. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Why are you so far away when I groan for help? Every day I call to you, my God, but you don't answer. And every night I lift up my voice, but I find no relief. He can handle our anger, but let's not stay stuck there. Because if we stay in the place of anger and bitterness at God or other people or even ourselves, we miss out on the good and beautiful things. We miss out on being able to hear the voice of God, to hear those nudges. And we have such a different opportunity to co-create with God so much better than our anger and our bitterness. The last one is fret to another person. We talk a little bit to God for a couple minutes, but then we talk to other people for hours and hours with lots of words. And sometimes those words di like devolve, I don't know if that's a word, into gossip. And I have to tell you, gossiping about people and finding um, a common enemy is, and to get on our side of things is one of the fastest ways we feel calmer, is talking about other people. That we would be embarrassed if they walked up and heard us talking. We'd be ashamed. It's not that it means that you don't talk to people or process. We need to do that. But sometimes it gets, it gets bad, you guys. And that's not good. It's not healthy. And instead, we need to turn that and talk to God, who can meet us in every difficult place we're in, and he can help us find hope and joy and peace and patience and breakthrough. So how do you deal with the difficult stuff of life when you're anxious and things are uncertain? Do you fix? 
flee, fight, or fret. Think about what you did yesterday. As I've told you, my two ways that I use are fixing and fleeing instead of connecting with God. In Psalm 139, we get to hear David, who wrote the psalm, is just a, it's a psalm of hope and confidence in God. My guess is that he didn't write it when everything was perfect because life is both hard and beautiful at the same time. And I love that he focuses on the good and the beautiful and the loving and powerful God we have. Because what we focus on, you guys, is what we become. What we focus on actually expands. I don't know, what do you want to expand? But for me, it's not the anxiety or the hard or difficult things. I don't want to become a more difficult and anxious person. So I picture David, he wrote these, but sometimes I picture him pulling them out and maybe he didn't even feel them anymore, but he, he said them, he sang them back, back to God. Psalm 139, starting in verse one, says this, O oh Lord, you've examined my heart and you know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up, you know my thoughts even from afar. You see me when I travel or I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it. God is all-knowing. He is omniscient. He knows what we feel and what we think before we even do. He knows our failures and our strengths. He knows our secrets. He knows the things we get excited about, the things that bring us joy. He sees you. He knows you. No matter if you're in this room or watching online, he sees you. He knows me. He knows that I love all things shelty. I love all things coconut and chocolate combined. That I love to learn that I'm passionate about the outsider and I am irrationally afraid of mice, both alive and dead. He's inviting us into his hope, his goodness, his power, his kindness, his peace, his wisdom, and so much, more, so much more. So as we focus on the good and beautiful, when life is really hard, you guys, life is really hard right now, it is important to remember that God knows everything, and he knows what you're up against, and he knows how it's hard. He knows you intimately. Let's go back to Psalm 139. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest ocean, even there your hand will guide and support me, and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and light around me to become night, but even in the darkness, I cannot hide from you. To, the, to you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. There's such beautiful words that David wrote that God is always present with us. He is with us wherever we go. He encircles us. His presence is there to guide us, to hold us. No matter how bad we feel, 
or how we're suffering or why we're suffering or how dark or confused or lonely we feel or hopeless. He is with you and experiences all things, including joy and excitement and peace and confidence. God's hand of blessing is on you, even if you don't feel it. One of the names for God is Emmanuel, which means God is with us. He is with you. And the Holy Spirit is already nudging and speaking all the time, even if you haven't made him your forever friend yet. That's how we talk about it in Heartland Kids. It is so comforting and powerful to know that God is always present with us. Sometimes we see that more looking back. We can look back and see the faithfulness of God. One of the things that's been helpful in this season for me is to realize there are harder things that I've walked through than COVID, and God was faithful in that. So let's go back to Psalm 139. For you created my inmost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb, and I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. What confidence he writes about. And I want each of you to hear today that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You and I are created in God's image no matter the color of our skin, our ethnicity, our gender, our identity, no matter how much money we have in the bank, no what job we hold, we are a beautiful and diverse people. Do you know and embrace that you are fearfully and wonderfully made? Do you live from a place of that identity? I don't all the time. I can get focused on my insecurities and who is better at stuff than I am. I can focus on my weaknesses and my limitations. And even in the hard and difficult, God is inviting us to live like we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Not with an arrogance or a, you know, a pride or a cockiness, but with a holy confidence that God created each of us as a masterpiece. If you don't feel that sense of identity, ask God for holy confidence as a daughter or a son of God. And I want to tell you about my four-year-old friend named Liam. I serve in his classroom, and um, I want to set the context up before we show the video. But um, Liam was having breakfast, and he was talking with his mom about how strong he was. And he hops up and runs to the bathroom, and she thinks he's going to be in the bathroom doing this. I'm strong, looking at his muscles in the mirror. But here's what she captured on video. What you doing, buddy? I'm doing, I'm doing, I am wonderfully made. You are wonderfully made. Oh my goodness. <coughs> I am fearfully and wonderfully made. By 114. Psalm 139, 14. Oh, dude, don't we want to be like Liam? Isn't that sweet? I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And what I love about this, you guys, is that his mom was looking for the good stuff. She wasn't too focused on the hard and difficult so much that she took a video of it. God was speaking to Liam there, you guys, reminding him of scripture. And what I also love is that Liam has been watching 
Heartland Kids Online. And you guys can do that. Go to our landing page, heartlandchurch.org, and see our great curriculum for preschool and elementary. And they worked with him on his memory verse, because that was a memory verse for August for preschool. Today we opened Heartland Kids, and um, we have lots of safety measures in place that you can look online. And if you're healthy and feel comfortable coming, we'd love to have your kids. We'd love, we know that some of you may need to stay with your kids because they have not been separated from you very long. That is okay too. And I wanna say a special thank you to our volunteers who are serving. We are each, yay. We are each in different boats, you guys. And some of us, you know, with COVID, don't feel comfortable yet serving kids. If you do, if you, if you do feel comfortable, please email me at michellep um, at heartlandchurch.org because we do need help. We need folks because lots of our volunteers are not able in this season to serve. Well, as we close here, how do we choose hope? How do we not miss God speaking and moving and working in the midst of the hard and the difficult? How do we live from a place of hope and confidence like David did in Psalm 139? Our instinct is to fix, to flee, to fight, or to fret. And I have to tell you the one thing that is so really helpful for me is to pray. And that is just talking and listening to God. And it's the way that we get to know that God loves us. It's one of the ways. And that we get to love God. And I want to share a simple prayer practice that we use around here. So I'm a journaler. I don't pray well, like just in my head. I, I, I get too distracted by all the things. So I have to write out my prayers. And what I do on my journal is these four different quadrants. And I'm making lists as I pray. So the first one is God you are. You're telling God who he is. You pick the words. You can use the scriptures to tell you his unfailing love, that he's the great physician, that he's a forgiver and a deliverer. This is for us to remind us about the character of God. The next one is please. I mean, I'm sorry. And often I think, I've had a pretty good day yesterday. I think I'm doing pretty well. And then as I get settled and I get quiet, God reminds me, he nudges me, might have been better to do this thing differently. Might have been better not to say those things or whatever it is. So I just write out, I'm sorry. Here's the cool thing. He forgives us and he forgets it. He moves on as far as the East is from the West. And then I do thank you. And I make a list of all the things I'm thankful for. There are so many of them because every good gift comes from God. And I make a list of those things. And then please, okay, sometimes this is the longest list of all the things I... I need help for, my friends and family, Heartland needs help for. And what I try to do is try to balance those lists to try to make sure I'm getting some in each quadrant. And God speaks to me and to you when we still ourselves and we're quiet and we pray. And so I want us to pray right now and I'm gonna use that um, as we pray, those four simple prompts. Would you pray with me? God, you are powerful, and you are love, and you are an ever-present help in time of trouble. And I am sorry when I skim the surface with you, when I don't make time to go deep and intimate and pray. 
Thank you, Lord, that this week, working on this message about hope, I have felt hope rise in me and in Heartland elders and leaders. It feels like hope is rising. We need your help, Lord. Father, help us to be, please help us to be able to be a people that can hear your still small voice of love, that can see how you're working, that we can celebrate the good that you're doing in our world. Come, Holy Spirit, come. We need you. We need you. Amen. And so today, as we go out, you guys, we have some conversation, like sharing questions on social media, where you can talk and process. It helps to talk about these messages. But I hope and pray that we are a people today that is focused on the good and the beautiful things of God. In the midst of the hard and the anxious and the, dis the difficult, would you and I choose God's hope today? It really, really matters to everybody in our world. Thanks, you guys, so much.